0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth 65, also known as Spider Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen 65. I'm Pax.
1: And I'm Abigail. So there is no Weekend update for this episode, mostly because, uh, well, we pretty much covered it last time and there's like as of this recording day nothing new on the Gwen front so far I think solicits should be right around the corner but um, we're not going to be covering that probably until the next episode so by the time this episode drops I-, I think the solicit would already be out but uh, for obvious reasons we don't have them to present right now so we're just gonna jump into what we're reading today <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, so we're reading the last issue of End of the Spider-Verse. This is in the uh, Dan Slott written uh, Spider-Man title. This is issue number seven. We have, uh, as well as uh, Dan Slott's writing, we have art by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell and Andrew Hennessy, as well as colors by Edgar Delgado. Um, and uh, yeah, this uh, this this will wrap up our coverage of this title, because we're not going to continue covering it beyond uh, the Spider-Verse stuff. And uh, yeah, well, um...
1: well, at least um, if Dan Slott decides to do another arc, and he just so happens he wants to pick Gwen from the toy box, but yeah, uh...
0: <laughs> I, I sincerely doubt that this is the end of the Spider Verse, especially after what we you know read today. I, I don't, I don't think this is the end of it at all.
1: No, because there's another volume of Edge of Spider Verse coming out next month. Yeah,
0: you know. Uh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna keep on with this corner of Marvel, and uh, contrary to the initial marketing, which was very like, "Yeah, we really mean it this time, guys." Um, they are they did not in fact mean it. Now, if um, there's
1: another Spider Verse tale, I don't think it's gonna be Dan Slott that's writing it.
0: I hope not, respectfully. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants to anymore. I don't. Um, now,
1: now he even mentioned that um, he wouldn't want to go back to. Uh, ASMs, well, the double shipping issue anyway.
0: Yeah, I don't think, you know, he wants to sort of have to try and keep up with all that all the time, certainly.
1: Yeah, he, because even when he was doing just a single issue, sometimes he I, he would have Chrysalis Gage to help him out.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very, very difficult doing this work and um, in this kind of circumstances, and it's very, very understandable when uh, somebody doesn't want to put themselves through that. Um, I think.
1: Just imagine the uh, pressure that would have been done. Uh, because when during the Beyond era, that's when ASM was shipping thrice a month. That's
0: kind of uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Although they they had many writers during that period, didn't they?
1: Yeah, but practically, I think Zeb Wells had to uh, because he was the head writer of Beyond. He'd have to see what each of them were writing, just so everything blends perfectly.
0: Yeah, but um. With all that said, Dan Slott will be continuing his his Spider-Man run, just on this sort of like monthly schedule, with his own little corner of Spider-Man comics, and and he won't be doing uh, this big event anymore or any sort of like amazing Spider-Man stuff. Really, uh, this is sort of what we're getting for now.
1: Yeah, but he does have to acknowledge what's going on in Zeb Wells' book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There is that as well. Like this isn't, uh, this isn't not a part of the amazing Spider-Man continuity as, no. as we've clarified in earlier episodes about this series.
1: Well, yeah, this is canon, but, uh, this is, uh, it's called a satellite book. So yeah, ASM is the main title and then adjective lists is just uh, a little spin off. So, um, there is going to be some events that might be acknowledged, uh, for instance, this does take place before Dark Web, as seen on Miles's costume, because he switches after Dark Web.
0: Okay, noted. Then, I guess. Uh, I guess we'll get into it. We're going to do a synopsis of this issue. We recommend that you read Spider-Man number seven, um, before listening to this podcast. Um, but you know, uh, we do the synopsis just to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um,
1: yeah. All right, we're off. So. With the Great Hive resetting back into the Great Web, each of the Shatra-infested spider totems is healed and spew out a small cloud of Shatra wasps before going back to their normal selves. All of the people present when Morlin was cut open by the totem dagger are thrown through the multiverse above New York on Earth-616.
0: Morlin is still alive, but severely weakened and underfed. He realizes the danger posed by the spider totems so, still, so he runs and hides instead of immediately giving in to his hunger. All of the wasps from the cured spider totems form together to create a giant Shathra over the New York skyline. Now united, all the spiders attack the Elder God together.
1: Miles Morales and Spider-Mobile return from gathering non-organic spiders from the multiverse that were not infected by Shatra, now with Leopardon, Megamorph Spider-Man, and Mechstrike Spider-Man to help in the fight. The altered Peter 616 also shows up with technology he has been working on, his great web shooter. He blasts Shatra with it, sending her back to the ethereal plane that she came from.
0: As thanks, the original spider totem, Neath, gives Aranya the spider talisman needed to restore Jessica Drew and Peter Parker of 616 back to their original selves. This is successful, but with the caveat that Uncle Ben is dead once again. They also find two other 616 spider totems who they had forgotten about that were felled by the dagger too. Kane, the Scarlet Spider, and Bailey, Spider Boy,
1: Madam Webb takes Cindy Moon aside to discuss her being the Chosen One now. Peter happily cedes the position to her, renewed in his desire and will to take care of his little patch on his earth as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man.
0: And that has been the end of the Spider-Verse.
1: Yay!
0: Notably, it did not end anywhere at any point. There there is no ending. (laughs) Never ending.
1: You could say that this is the end of Spider-Verse for Peter.
0: Yeah, I think I think this is very much him abdicating the whole Chosen One thing to Cindy Moon to take over.
1: I wonder if this is something that Emily Kim is going to acknowledge in her uh, miniseries next month.
0: I don't even know how she would. Like, what do you do with all of this?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to say, because the thing is, um, Cindy's mini is not gonna be a multiverse adventure. It turns out she's stuck in a dream world uh caused by the villain from Maureen Goose Mini.
0: Okay. Just they they like they have this moment at the end where like Madame Webb is about to take Cindy Moon to his side and is like, it's time to discuss your new leadership position. And I'm like, what leadership? Like what needs to be like what leader role needs to be done realistically? doesn't make any sense, um, the whole Chosen One thing. Um, but now Cindy Moon has to deal with it, maybe, possibly. Um, so there's that.
1: The Chosen One title was only bestowed on the first place because Peter was the only Spider to defeat Moreland by himself. Right. And then it seems like here, the reason why um, like Cindy is the, the new Chosen One is because um, she's the one who's able to wield the dagger and restore everyone back to life after she sliced Morlin open. Which, by the way, yeah, you kind of feel a little bit bad for Morlin, just a little bit after he was cut up. And then at the end, he survives, but he's just really, really hungry, but just slinks away into the darkness.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. It did not kill him. Morlin is, is very alive, despite being cut open the middle of his body and and losing all of the food he's ever eaten like i i was genuinely surprised that that did not kill him
1: i think um, um i think he gets away on a technicality of himself also being considered a spider totem just like karn
0: right um yeah uh it 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 uh it was interesting um but they're not doing anything with that here they sort of have a 2B continued in another comic thing, so we'll we'll presumably see Mauland pop up somewhere else within the Spidey Corner. His, his whole new thing of being completely emaciated is not going to be elaborated on in this um, title.
1: Yeah, his fate was kind of spoiled for me during the uh, press release for Summer of Symbiotes because they announced a new Carnage title called Web of Carnage, and the solicit for number one mentions that I think this is supposed to be about the Grendel again, where it just mentions that um, uh, Carnage wants to uh, take up the reins to be the new king in black, and his first obstacle is Morlin.
0: Yeah, not sure what's going on there, but I guess we'll find out.
1: No, but if this released um all of the spiders that Morlin's ever absorbed, does that mean that... um? You know that little shit, Patton Parnell, is also back. Patton
0: Parnell is is who
1: remember he was that you know Spider Totem who actually turned into a man spider. You know that creepy, uh, guy who's uh, who spied on his neighbor, ate his bully, and killed his abusive uncle.
0: Yes, I remember him.
1: Yeah, even though no, actually,
0: the- if that guy came back, I think he would be fun. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, no disrespect to Clay McLeod Chapman, because, yeah, he was the one who wrote that story. Yeah, that was a that was a fun little
0: horror issue, that. Like, I, I enjoyed the whole, like, body horror yeah. aspect to it.
1: But Patton Parnell was not a good person.
0: No. No, definitely a, a baddie, um, for sure. I got the impression that um, the totems that Morlin had eaten weren't necessarily coming back, but rather... Their their sort of spirit, their soul was being unleashed somehow. They didn't actually show anybody he had eaten coming back, did they?
1: No, unless if you want to look through th- those entire pages of all of the spiders banding together and then picking and choosing to see who are the ones that he ate.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I definitely got the impression that um, that it was maybe more. Just people generally coming back from the Shatter infestation, not necessarily Morland's being cut open thing.
1: So does this mean that uh, his family who were eaten by an infected Spider-Man, um, like, they're back again as babies? Like, because um, her eating them still happened?
0: Yeah, they didn't. No, yeah, I imagine they're dead then. I imagine that they've been written out quite quietly there in that sense then.
1: I guess a, well, more spotlight for Moreland.
0: Yeah. And and I think I think that's kinda of what they wanted to go for, is they wanted uh like I think they wanted to go back to that sort of point in time where it was just Moreland by making them babies to begin with. But having babies get eaten is is really metal way of getting rid of these characters
1: i've joked about this before i expect this behavior from zeb wells like zeb if you're listening to this because uh, he knows who i am i'm sorry
0: yeah yeah it's his kind of thing um no it's not i guess it's just not the first time it's happened in Spider-Man comics it's just it's it is is quite a shocking way to just write out these characters um is what it is i suppose Um, and we can move on from that sort of slightly awkward part of the spider corner of Marvel.
1: (laughs) But I think what would be unforgivable would be, you know, killing dogs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For instance, if Spider-Man had eaten a dog, that would have been in poor taste, but she is allowed to eat those babies.
1: Yeah. So it's like, you know, people murder. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's no biggie, but, um, animal murdered. That's where we cross the line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I can excuse baby eating, but I draw the line at dog eating. That's the that's the Spider Man principle. Um Yeah, so uh Morlin's Morlin's baby fied family are gone and he's now really underfed and he's run off into the night. So that's what happened yeah. to him.
1: And um, yeah, so we won't see him again till I think either July or August. Yeah.
0: Um also uh also back now is Gwen. Gwen, who did not make any of the synopsis here. Um but she, she does have a couple of speaking lines. She's she's back now, she's no longer Shathra infested. Um yeah, yeah she uh, I think she manages to even briefly apologize to Pete and comment on Cindy being bossy in this yeah, issue. That's that's the size of her role. Yeah. So then this. that means yeah,
1: she does remember stabbing Pete in the heart.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hi, friend. Sorry I stabbed you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, Um, like really? That's how you would give an apology to stabbing your friend?
0: Well, that was the vibe I got from Gwen, um, specifically. Um, Not necessarily how I would go about it.
1: (laughs) Well, I think her uh, ripping on Cindy for being bossy, I think that's still kind of her relationship with her. How she's not really that fond of her because... You know, when you remember all the way back in Spider Woman, well, in Cindy's defense she was just released from the bunker, but Gwen didn't really want to deal with her.
0: Yeah. Um so yeah, that was um And and also, um they have reset Peter, like altered Peter was reset back to normal Spider Man as well. So he's back to normal. He's no longer a Oscorp scientist. Who's uh, disabled.
1: But I got the implication that he does retain some of the memories of his rewritten self because uh, he remembered that he still had to have the usual Thursday night dinner with Aunt May. Yeah,
0: I really thought for sure that they were going to do um, the whole like him having a dilemma of having to give up Uncle Ben. But instead there's just like it just sort of happens to him and there's this mortified moment where he calls Aunt May, realizing that Uncle Ben's dead again, and he's just sort of like, Oh, that's a bit sad. Um and then they and then they
1: sort of swiftly move on from there. So um yeah, but what are your feelings that um it's still um that Peter that saves the day at the end?
0: Yeah, I mean I felt like the way it was done was a was a bit more like normal, like I think it was fun that he got to go up with a great web shooter that was a that was neat,
1: yeah, um, I think this is supposed to emphasize the point that uh dancelot also made back in Spider Island that um it's not spider man that makes Peter Parker special, it's Peter Parker that makes spider man special
0: yeah there's a there's a nice moment uh where hes sort of he's able to sort of stand as himself as his own person, yeah um. And, and there's um, yeah, there's
1: yeah. that quip that um I'm not sure if it was him who said it or another spider, but it's um he can do whatever a spider can't. That's funny. Which is, it just happens to be banishing Shathra once and for all.
0: Yeah, apparently.
1: And then he just decides at the end because everyone's looking up to Cindy now, um even though um Pete was still sort of kinda the chosen one he just decides to like give all of his responsibilities to silk
0: yeah um and i don't know what those responsibilities were uh frankly um but um, if there's
1: another crossover she's the one to take the lead
0: yeah apparently
1: which um i noticed that um everyone's treating earth 616 as the new loom world like earth 001 is still standing but does that mean everyone's base of operations like if the web warriors have to reassemble uh they all have to port over to earth 616 um
0: yeah i i didn't i didn't like that so much i don't like making earth 616 the like center of the multiverse you know um well
1: well, it is the first uh universe, and then every other uh universe branched off of earth six one six
0: yeah i don't I don't like that uh personally I, I prefer it when it's uh when they have like loom world or something is the center of the multiverse so um
1: but I did notice that one of those uh spiders in the background was spider zero,
0: yeah, yeah, so what's going on there like why couldn't they have used it properly i don't
1: I don't know if she was one of Moreland's victims. I don't know if she was one of Shatra's victims.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I thought that was really silly that Spider Zero didn't get any play after being set up. Um, she got fully upstaged.
1: But I feel like um maybe uh, she can now call Earth-616 her home because, well, her original universe was destroyed during probably secret wars i think and she said that she took on the name spider zero because she's been traveling through the multiverse but she didn't consider any of the ones she visited as home
0: yeah yeah they did all that work with spider zero and they've just they've squandered it here they did did not use it and i think it's a real shame
1: because yeah she's the master weaver she's supposed to be one that's uh that's looking over everyone yeah She didn't do such a great job protecting the web of life and destiny from uh, Shatra. No, they
0: really didn't. Um, Yeah, It was just disappointing.
1: Or supervising Annie when she was uh, sticking her nose into Shatra's past.
0: For real. Um, I will say who I was surprised that they managed to find time to acknowledge was um, Scarlet Spider.
1: Yeah, my dude is back! We
0: spent so much time talking about how they just chose not to have Scarlet Spider be part of a Spider-Verse event after he was such a big part of the first two. And it almost feels like this was done to spite that criticism, to be like, ah, oh, yes, he was really, actually, the entire time.
1: Yeah, the last time he was used was Spider-Geddon almost five years ago.
0: Yeah. Um, so he he apparently was a part of this event, but we, we, we forgot about it because he got totem-dagged at one point, and we didn't know.
1: I guess we're seeing it from everyone else's perspective from number one, that uh, the reason why Kane didn't show up was because he was erased.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was like, fair enough. Okay, um, but then they do it to introduce a new character um, yeah. as well in this issue.
1: Yeah, who's just simply Bailey. He doesn't have a last name yet.
0: Yeah, Bailey the Spider-Boy is apparently a long-standing Spider totem that Dan Slott is now introducing here in this issue as somebody that they just all forgot about.
1: Apparently, he's been on a million adventures with Pete and Miles. So, okay, where was Spider Boy when Captain Stacy died? Where was Spider Boy when Gwen Stacy died? Where was Spider Boy uh, during One More Day?
0: Yeah, I have to imagine he's come about maybe a bit more recently, but still, it was it was a decision. Uh, for sure.
1: What yeah. um, what I find funny about introducing Spider Boy is that you know, a Spidey Office editorial said that um, there's no place for Ben Riley in Spidey Office. I think I can almost hear Ben Riley stands, you know which ones you are rolling around in their graves, and then they have room to introduce Spider Boy. Yeah.
0: Um. I don't. I mean. I mean to to be like. To have a Spider Verse event and then take the time to introduce another 616 Spider Totem is such a choice. Um, yeah.
1: But his origin story is going to be uh, introduced during the upcoming uh, Edge of Spider Verse number three, which is going to be on sale in yeah, June. Yeah, it's going to show all of uh, allegedly what Spider Boy's place in history was.
0: Yeah um so that's i i i disagree with the whole concept here but it's being it's being thrust upon us so
1: so it's like sorry ben we just like bailey better
0: yeah bailey ben riley it sounds the same basically already
1: just uh, a few hours ago today dan slot made a joke about how um what would everyone's feelings be if bailey's last name was Dougal and he was a, a worker at a major publisher how old is he supposed to be? He looks like a grade school kid.
0: I am going to say, like, how is he going to work at a publisher? I don't I don't know what's quite going through their minds with this one.
1: <laughs> His last name's not Dougal, though.
0: Yeah, that would be a bit funny.
1: But anyway, yeah, Dan Slott's been uh, hyping up Spider-Boy ever since he revealed that there's going to be a spoiler variant cover for this issue. I, I even ordered it through my uh, LCS Nice Humberto Ramos artwork.
0: Right. Nice,
1: and it seems like because uh, this issue is also going to be going back for second printing now, there's various covers featuring Spider Boy.
0: Oh my days! I just it's it's so silly. I I feel like this is not going to inflate in value. I do not think this character is going to last that well.
1: Yeah, the yeah the ma- like the main. Uh, second printing covers, like what I call cover A and cover B, what they would mostly be called. I think cover A was one done by Luciano Vecchio, where he does look like a grade school kid, and then cover B, it's just a virgin variant of the spoiler variant cover, or as what Frank Thierry would call it, naked.
0: That's funny. I don't, yeah, I'm not not quite sure where they're going with a lot of this, but um... but, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, circling around to, um, it, doesn't it seem like since everyone forgot about Bailey, it's logical that he's the Totem Dagger's first victim?
0: Yes, he must have been killed uh, well before Jessica Drew and before Kane.
1: Yeah, Kane must have been the second one, which, like... Yeah, I think Nick Lowe said like a few months ago that Kane probably wouldn't appear in twenty twenty three and maybe he just decided to tell Dan Slot, hey, include him just to uh tell everyone that uh they haven't forgotten about him. I'm gonna
0: say it's like they just they they, they sort of like I don't know the, the it's like it's not even like the people writing these comics has changed. Like it's still Dan Slot, it's still Nick Lowe, and um they 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 both just went yeah, we don't want to use this guy anymore. We don't want to use the cool clone anymore. And, it, yeah. yeah.
1: They better not tell some bullshit story by saying that this is the story that Kevin wanted. Uh, Kevin? Well, because Feige's the, uh, the chief creative officer, so he has to oversee, you know, what's gonna, um, what stories make the cut, what doesn't.
0: Do you think he's, like, fast-tracking in a character that he can put in a film or something?
1: Yeah, so, because of all of the mess of Spidey Office in general, like, well, editorial-wise, yeah, I just don't want to hear something about that, yeah, that this is the story that Kevin wanted.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I, yeah, not super impressed by this particular, like, arc, so... um... I think
1: maybe, maybe editorial is to blame spidey office editorial because um if you want to look at the mess of the uh, current arc of asm
0: yeah yeah i don't know I, I think that there needs to be big like i don't obviously i don't want to call for people to like lose their jobs or anything but i, I do think there needs to be big changes within how editorial is doing things
1: like for example like even though asm 25 and 26 uh they're hyping up that, um, you know, someone's going to die and everyone's thinking not MJ. Like, like it's not going to be her because I think uh, uh, they'll have half a brain not to kill her off. Like, this is how confident I am. If they kill her, I am leaving the show.
0: Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a bold thing to say.
1: Don't quote me on it. But no, that's how confident I am that um, she doesn't bite it. It does sound pretty confident. No, I can bet every dollar I got it's Norman Osborne. Yeah. That that's the primary death, and then you know, Paul and his kids, they can just uh go suck it. Damn. Brutal. Well, no one cares about that. Paul doesn't even have a last name. Uh uh editorial doesn't even remember what the proper name of the daughter is.
0: We we actually haven't covered ASM since Paul's been in it on the show, but you're such a Paul hater that I think you've mentioned Paul and the kids on every single episode.
1: Okay, not Um, every single episode.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's how I think that's that's what it's working out uh every every single time we've covered Spider Man. You've you've spoken about Paul, which is very funny.
1: Because the Um, three of them are just living MacGuffins, so it's hard to care about them.
0: The three of them are living rent free in your head right now.
1: Well, like, well, they're gonna be evicted once ASM twenty six rolls around. Oh God! They don't even have a last name, so how, how? Why should I care about them?
0: Fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay. So, who else do we have in this
1: issue? Um, we have um a little bit about um. Yeah, I think even though we touched upon her, like Cindy.
0: Yes. So. She's now the chosen one. So I presume if they do this again, they'll try and censor her a bit more. Or at least that's the idea. And yeah, like what she did in the last issue, apparently that was the thing. That was the thing that needed to be done to to reset everything. That's what they were missing.
1: Isn't one of Cindy's uh, aspects is because, you know, she got out of the bunker. So she's still dealing with uh, anxiety. She doesn't really do well in group settings. And everyone's just looking up to her right now.
0: Yeah. Um it's not it's definitely not her forte. It's a surprising position to put her in, I think.
1: I think yeah it's cuz yeah she's um well in 616 times she's still fairly new to the hero scene.
0: Yeah. Um I think that the I I don't know what she would have to realistically do as a leader, but I would be interested to see her sort of in a in a more active role with the spider verse stuff because they didn't really do anything with that since the first one um, she was sort of kept away from it after that point
1: yeah i think um like assuming they do yet another spider verse uh, crossover event um maybe uh, she'll be the new leader of the spider army because uh, julia isn't really doing such a great job no
0: no it's not been a um a great like showcase of Madame Webb's abilities. Like she's mostly wrong across the board here. And the other characters are like chastising her for it. She just she just didn't foresee how any of this event would go. And I don't I don't know what they're trying to do with her there. Like really what what was her role here? Like what did they
1: want for Madame Webb? Um She claims that she could see every possible future. Yeah, but then like fails yeah. in that endeavor. I think um I forgot whether or not if it's been acknowledged that she admitted that her powers were a little bit wonky.
0: Yeah, apparently.
1: I think it's because, um, yeah, the web of life and destiny has been corrupted by Shatra. So maybe th- that corruption is why her visions have a little bit off.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I think she would have been more interested as a Shatra-infested person. They would have actually let her do something. But I honestly like, I don't, like, this character doesn't get involved in fights. Doesn't foretell the future properly. Isn't even the person who did most of the recruiting. They left most of that to Serena Zahari. Like, what? What is what is Madam Webb doing here? Like, she she was wrong about the chosen one. Like,
1: she's the, she's the de facto leader because everyone typically wants to listen to the psychic lady.
0: Yeah, and then but then they don't like that's the thing. They also have they don't even have her lead. Like everybody ignores her. She like tells them to do things, and then they don't do it, and they go and do something else. Like, and it's like, what was even the point in that?
1: Do you think she did a better job during Last Remains?
0: Well, she actually managed to see what was happening, and it didn't completely get on top of her in the way that this one did. I, um, I guess
1: it's because with the Order of the Web, it's a smaller group of people to uh, order around. Yeah. And, like, she did foresee um, Sin Eater shooting her to absorb all of her powers, and then knowing she would get her powers back.
0: Yeah, she was kind of letting that happen.
1: Yeah. And, uh, like, another Spider-Woman here, even though we haven't, uh, like, mentioned her, like, in the notes-wise, did you catch that quip that Jess made when she was revived? She was like, please don't tell me I got replaced by a Skrull again.
0: Yeah. Um, that sort of trauma from Secret Invasion there. Yeah,
1: which speaking of, is gonna be dropping on Disney Plus in, in a few months. I'm
0: actually somewhat looking forward to that. I don't know if it'll be any good.
1: So far, Jess isn't in it, and it turns out that Amelia Clark, her character, isn't Brand, but it's a uh, Talos's daughter named Gaia. Oh,
0: oh, that's the kid we saw in in the nineties. That he was trying to shield.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, Gaia. Yeah, Amelia Clark's uh, character. Yeah, she's all grown up now, but that doesn't mean like she's necessarily not playing Brand. I mean, like she could have taken Brand's face and then that's uh who she decides to impersonate.
0: Yeah. Well, this is elaborate.
1: Yeah because well Sk- I think it's been mentioned that scrolls can't just um take on the disguise of a rando they need someone for reference.
0: Yeah, I did I did kind of want to see Abigail Brand, but false expectations I suppose. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see Amelia Clark in the MCU anyway. Love love that actor.
1: Like she could still be Brand, but you know just as a uh, Gaia's disguise. Yeah. You know just like how Talos was impersonating director keller
0: yeah um and and he just decided to keep director keller's face when he's a human half the time got really attached um
1: yeah but because i think um if they really wanted her to be brand uh, she would have had the green hair
0: yeah definitely i think would have been lacking without the green hair uh if, if it was brand
1: and plus, you know, she's. Um, it would be too heavy-handed if she was Verenki playing another queen.
0: I'm lost on that one. What do you mean? Oh, because of Game of Thrones. Okay, right. I see. I see.
1: Yeah, same thing goes towards Olivia Colman because she's playing an, an MI6 friend of Fury, Sonia Fallsworth. But it would also be too heavy-handed if she were to also be revealed as Verenki because she also played um the queen in the Netflix series The Crown.
0: Yes, she she was the Queen. I remember that. Watched that season.
1: But yeah, it seems like yeah, Jess does not wanna let Secret Invasion go.
0: What do you mean by that, sorry?
1: It's because of the emphasis when she said, uh like please don't tell me I was replaced by a scroll again.
0: Like I mean I think it could mess you up just sort of waking up and finding out you were somebody who was impersonating you for a really long time.
1: Yeah, I think probably like thinking someone that yeah, like waking up to think that you've been replaced or thinking you've uh like that you're something like for example, um if you uh, figured out you were a robot, uh would you uh, get, uh have an existential crisis? I mean, I have
0: an existential crisis without figuring out I'm a robot. I don't know what would happen if I if I did.
1: <laughs> but it's like for example, um like um if you were a robot and you didn't know it, but I was the only one who knew, would you want me to tell you?
0: Yes, I would. Definitely. You you yes. have to tell me now.
1: Well, how do you know? I'm not one. I'm not one. I'm not one.
0: That's funny. Um, okay, so who else do we have? we got Shathra. Yeah, really big Shathra. Kaiju Shathra.
1: Yeah, this is what Spinstress said. This is the part of the story where the bad guy turns into a giant monster. Yeah. Yeah, Spinstress was right. I don't know if, like, um... No, it, it happened with Maleficent. She turned into a dragon. Ursula turned into a giant octopus thing.
0: Yeah, I love it when a villain has a final form, you know? It's it's always a good time. Ultra
1: um, instinct! no.
0: Yeah, I don't even know what that's a reference to, but I get the vibe, you know? Like, a villain just, just could have gone, you know, I'm... Or, or what about eaten.
1: Super Saiyan?
0: I know Super Saiyan, but that's not villain.
1: No, but I'm talking about, like, final forms.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's that kind of vibe, and they, and it's at that moment that they bring in all of the giant, like, robots to fight in the middle of the city, and, you know, it's... um, I, I felt like they kind of rushed through a couple of these scenes. Like, they, they, there's only there's only a couple of panels, actually, of Shathra, um, it's not very many of, of her doing things.
1: Her being the big bad of this whole story and what she only gets like four or five pages in this issue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. it's a little bit underwhelming.
1: Yeah. I felt like that, um, this could have been a 40 page story.
0: Yeah, it could have been. Honestly, there's, they, 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 they probably should have done another issue, uh, for the amount of things they wanted to do here.
1: I think he, um, maybe Dan Slott was only mandated to do like a uh, seven, being the last one of his arc, yeah, because max for a trade, ma- I think the maximum would be seven, yeah, without being oversized. That makes sense. But yeah, um, it seems like that after she got uh banished, so apparently she's good now. Um, Neith,
0: yeah, Neith makes, what is, in fairness, it's a pretty offhand comment that, um, the corruption inside of her was like, like, Pete's great web shooter got rid of that somehow.
1: So, th- that means that Neef essentially gets, uh, her, her loving sister back before jealousy got the better of her?
0: Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how that, that is supposed to work exactly. It, it did feel a, li- a little, bit, like, cheap, almost.
1: But when you look back at Neef's story in the uh, Edge of Spider Verse Volume Two Number Two, you could see that over time, Shatra uh, is being covered by darkness.
0: Right, I see.
1: Because everyone is favoring uh, Neef's uh, great web over her grave hive, and then yeah, she got jealous, and then that's when shit hits the ceiling.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: And yeah, which Neef yeah Neef is only there for um like two panels just to uh, uh give everyone her thanks of restoring Shatra back to her original self and to recreate the Golden Spinner Idol that they were stealing back in issue three.
0: That was really funny because for some reason they make it so that only Black Cat can see Neef. Like in in the panel, everybody's oblivious to Neef being there except for Black Black Cat, and she's like freaking out. Oh, that was really funny.
1: Maybe whoever touches the golden spinner like gets to see her because I think Anya and you know, Felicia and Peter for a little bit were playing hot potato with the golden spinner.
0: Yeah, but like none of them see it except for Black Cat. Only Black Cat sees it. Like Aranya's holding the talisman, doesn't know it's neat,
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's because um maybe back in issue three, I think Felicia was the one who held it the longest.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Do you think we're uh, we're gonna see more of these? Um, well, obviously we're gonna see Web Weaver, um, in the Marvel's Voices uh, Spider Verse. But do you think? Um, and also we're gonna see Spider Rex, and Spinstress in the upcoming issues of Edge. Do you think we're gonna see any of the other spiders that were introduced last volume of Edge? Um, I I don't know. Like Felicia, for example.
0: Yeah, maybe the Felicia uh one I don't think Craven's going to show up. I don't think I think maybe the the uh the Disney Princess one will. Um... I, I think, yeah,
1: issue 2 is dedicated to her. Yeah. Yeah, and um well they haven't solicited who's going to show up for because instead of a 5 issue mini this is going to be a 4 issue mini and the third one is going to be yeah, about Bailey and Miles's alternate sister, Spider Smasher.
0: Oh goodness! So yeah, I'm actually I like Spider Smasher. That's fun.
1: Yeah, she's all this like toughened up. I think she. I'm not sure if one of her arms is completely mechanical. I haven't read the book. It sounds fun. But um, yeah, she's practically Sarah Connor.
0: Damn, that's cool. Um, who else do we have here?
1: Um, I. Think that's everyone on the list, unless if uh, there was someone that we want to talk about a little bit more that hasn't been listed here. Oh, I like that little joke that um Spider Mobile made about how um out of all of the Peters in the multiverse, he's the best parallel Parker.
0: That was really funny. Uh, I will say that was a, that was a really good pun, and I enjoyed it a lot.
1: And I'm just confused as to why um all of the uh, Spider Mechs because you know the entire reason why Shatra uh, jailed all of the uninfected was because she couldn't turn them most and because they're they're either not a spider totem like spinneret or um they're freaks quote unquote yeah it was um or a video game or n- not natural like spider mobile is not natural i i thought it was- i thought it was odd in the sense that like
0: The spider mechs definitely have an organic person inside of them, like most of them do anyway.
1: I guess the wasps couldn't find an opening inside the mechs just to sting their pilot. Yeah, something like that. Because I'm not sure if Penny was already one of the infected, because I saw uh, her SPDR mech in that page when the uh, Web of Life and Destiny was being reset. Yeah,
0: like Penny's definitely like not in the mech suit all of the time. Like, she's definitely out of that a lot. And the spider itself that's in it is like separate. It'd be really odd for them to not be able to convert it. I don't know.
1: But the thing is, that like, with um, Japanese Spider Man and Leopard on, I'm not sure if uh, he could be like a totem totem because. He's got a really outrageous uh, origin story, Japanese Spider-Man. Like he was bitten by an alien spider from Planet Spider. That's funny. And he doesn't even have Peter Parker's rogues gallery. He has all of these uh, OCs that are labeled after some monsters and stuff. Right, I see. So, yeah, he's practically a Power Ranger.
0: Yeah, I I I remember seeing some clips of that. And he has like a Tommy gun as well, like he shoots
1: yeah, he's basically Spider-Man in name.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah, I I feel I feel like they squashed a lot of stuff into this last issue and there there are a couple of really good moments. I think the stuff with like Pete specifically they managed to make work like when he gets kind of like sad about like Uncle Ben, they have a few really good panels. I thought Mark Bagley's art was really good throughout. Like, there's so many panels where you can just kind of sit there and like look at all of the different totems in the background. And yeah, it's been no. done really well.
1: Yeah, Mark Bagley. Yeah, uh, he's goaded.
0: Yeah, I think my favorite panel in the whole thing was where Pete gets to use the Great Web Shooter on Shatra, and there's this is sort of like this like these couple of big long vertical panels, one with him shooting Shatra, and then one with like just a big boom on a Matter And I thought that was really really good. Um, yeah,
1: he yeah he gets to show everyone that he's not just some nerdy school kid. Yeah. Do you think there's more to talk about Bailey?
0: not really i i guess we're going to find out in the future
1: but i guess uh yeah when i mentioned this to you last week how excited yeah i was that yeah even though we touched upon this before that yeah kane is back
0: kane is back and we like kane um some of us a bit too much <laughs> um but we do like kane
1: cuz yeah it seems like um yeah this is just uh, yeah again editorial's way of saying oh no we remember kane we just didn't feel like using him during Last Remains or Dark Web or Beyond.
0: Yeah, it's
1: not, yeah. It's not great. So, see, he's just there, so it's like, um, maybe a, a joke. Is that maybe a number one? He really was there. He was, uh, he was the dust that was on the ground.
0: Oh, goodness, that's depressing. Um, or,
1: or no, he was the webs that was on the ground earlier. That was him it so funny, I just don't want to wait another five years until they remember him
0: yeah i it would be disappointing, but yeah, like overall i don't i don't know what they wanted like just just with this this whole arc i I don't know what they were trying to say i yeah I, like I guess dancelot just really wanted to tell this story, yeah, like why like i mean i mean like respectfully to him, but like what 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 was it in this story that like where they're going for exactly because it's not a good city moon story. Um, and it's not like nobody has a lot of agency. Stuff's just kind of happening constantly. Like at the least with like the first spider verse event and spider Geddon, there there, like there was a couple of moments where characters had like real moments of like conflict with each other and like disagreements and like different paths had to be chosen. But with this one, like whatever anybody did, it just sort of turned out fine like people just trying their own plans and it was just going fine. Like it wasn't, there wasn't real thought put into it. I don't think in the way that they could have done.
1: Did you know what I heard is that Spider Verse was originally going to be an arc story?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was in, It was an. Uh, so the first Spider Verse was supposed to be done during the Superior Spider Man arc. Um, and obviously, like they don't use Doctor Octopus at all here, uh, which I think is another shame that he's in the way but he is. They,
1: they could have gotten a time displaced version of arc yeah. again.
0: Yeah, that would have been fun. I just they, they this this whole arc just sort of feels like a lot of bait. Um to maybe this wider series about Pete just sort of going about his neighborhood. And I think like it's fine if that's what Dan Slott want wanted to do, but they they never should have made him do a Spider-Verse arc to begin with. I think it's really only the like you said at the start, only the end of the Spider-Verse in far as it's probably going to be the last time that Dan Slott writes one of these arcs and yeah, like it just—it wasn't a lot of substance to it. There, there's sort of this brief moment where it seems like it's going to reject the whole chosen one paradigm, but actually they're just—they're just giving it to a woman, so it's slightly better than what it was last time. Yeah. Which is, you know, fair enough. But it's just yeah. not a lot of substance to this, you know. Yeah. And that's saying a lot for a Spider Verse story.
1: Yeah, I feel like um that this is uh, also part of yeah my final thoughts that I, I think. Dan mindset writing this arc is that maybe he wanted to tell a Peter Parker story because that's what issue five that's what the majority of of the issue is about like what's Peter Parker's new life if he wasn't bitten and yeah what I said earlier he's making the point that Peter Parker is what makes Spider-Man special not the other way around
0: yeah I could see that
1: and you know yeah and Peter was the one to save the day at the end
0: yeah. Um sort of I, I think everybody kind of joined in there. I just yeah, it's um this was a really weird arc. Um Yeah. <laughs> it and, was was really weird.
1: And the next arc is supposed to be an electro-centered one. Like the the title of the next arc is called Maxed Out. That's fun. Well, and it's all about um Peter coming out of this uh event somehow his spider sense has been souped up okay and also uh bailey is gonna get a little bit more play and maxed out
0: yeah i think he will need it um
1: yeah but um oh another thing like where was bailey during last remains
0: that's yeah he would have been all spidery then wouldn't he
1: yeah except you know dragging like Yeah, I am just going to assume that he is a grade school kid because Danslot said, even though he might be trolling, that he's not a teenager.
0: Yeah, decidedly not.
1: Yeah, so Last Remain's like, why would they want to be dragging a grade school kid into all of that mess?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the issue, I think, once you start getting into the whole, like, child sidekick is it's like it's one thing to say i'm going to go be a vigilante it is another to say i'm going to start training children in vigilantism um it, it just get a bit icky um, <laughs> batman yeah like and batman like batman's stories I either choose to just go like lean into it hard or like just completely deconstruct it
1: and since bailey knows peter and miles secret identity that would mean that at one point uh he was in their social circle yeah but like, I love his costume. It's unique. It's um,
0: it's a lot. Of, I like the lack of webbing almost. I enjoy that. Um,
1: and you notice how it's the uh, opposite, like color scheme of Peter's. Instead of a majority, uh, red, this is majority blue.
0: Yeah, it coordinates in a way which uh, it feels you know its own thing, but would like work while on a panel, uh, panel next to Peter, yeah. uh, better than a lot of spider outfits would.
1: Yeah, and he's got also the uh um the eight eyes on his costume on his mask. It like the two big eyes and then the four smaller ones. Right, gotcha. Oh wait, no oh no, it's six. Why can't I count today?
0: Happens to the best of
1: us. Yeah, and he also got like some sort of um uh like spider backpack or drone thing on his back.
0: Yeah, maybe that's non
1: little gadget. Really, like I think one spider working for Oscorp is enough.
0: Well, if one's working for Osborn already, the other, like if it's if it's Peter's sidekick, he'll be working for Oscorp as well. Like surely,
1: then uh, not
0: not not that he should, but you know.
1: And I wonder if Norman is gonna remember him also.
0: Yeah, I think everybody's gonna remember him.
1: And does it seem like um, it would Bailey be uh the third spider following Gwen and Miles to have stylish shoes?
0: Yeah, I mean Spider Punk has pretty good ones as well,
1: but Bailey shoes um it seems familiar, but I can't place my finger on it.
0: Yeah, it must be one of those uh one of those things. So
1: yeah, and I wonder if i um, like Bailey being reinserted into history if uh his costume scheme is what inspires Miguel for his color scheme. Oh yeah, so it matches Miguel's. Yeah, because it looks like Spider Boy could be twenty ninety nine Junior yeah or would he be 2099's predecessor i don't know
0: um it would be a predecessor because he'll, he'll have gotten older by the time miguel is around yeah yeah um do or, you have any like, more thoughts so, sorry
1: oh like there's also this other theory that maybe like spider boy at uh, the reason why he looks like a grade school kid maybe he's not even human
0: there is that we get to see his face at all are, are, are we or has his face been shown in solicits or something
1: no, he's always been in masks, so I think uh, maybe uh, when Edge of Spider-Verse Volume 3, Number 3, rolls around in June, because that is his origin story. Okay. Yeah. We don't even know if he was actually bitten by a spider, so... Gotcha. But yeah, that's, I think, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay.
0: Um. Yeah, we, um closing out here then?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, we've already discussed our final thoughts yeah 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 this yeah this was pretty rushed yeah yeah, it could have benefited from an additional 20 pages
0: absolutely um yeah i think i think i've wrapped up what i've got to say
1: yeah So, yeah, anyway, our next episode, which is going to be in a while, like, next month, we're going to be reading Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones number three. So we're going to be reaching the halfway point of uh, Emily Kim's uh, Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones mini. So, you know, as always, we're going to put links in the description of where to buy and to read. And, um, yes, the reading list will be updated soon.
0: Yes, Uh, it definitely will be. By the time we uh, drop our next episode, I promise... It will be fixed.
1: So, um, yeah, if you wanted to uh, send us your thoughts on the show or any questions, you can tweet us at GS Groupies on Twitter, or you can email us spidergroupies at gmail.com. We also have a Kofi page if you want to chuck in a few bucks just to help us with the upkeep of the uh, podcast. That would be much appreciated. Yes, please. But uh, anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. I've been Abigail. And I've been Pax. All right. Bye. Bye.